Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Alive Church, Orange County. To find out more information about Alive Church, please visit alivechurchoc.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform by typing in Alive Church OC. This word that the Lord has given to me. God, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I just ask right now that Holy Spirit, that you would have your way in this place, that you would use me as your vessel. I yield myself to you uh, right now, Lord God, and I just ask that you would use me for your glory, God. I ask that even now, God, that you would touch the hearts of your people and prepare them to receive your word, God. Open the ears of your people so they will hear, but more than anything, open the eyes of your people, God, so they could see what it is that you are doing in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Yeah, I want to say that God has truly been speaking in this house very powerfully the last couple of weeks. Uh, On Father's Day, Pastor Derek Uh, talk to us about the four qualities of legacy planning. Uh, He said that we have to speak with integrity. We need to serve with intensity. We've got to give with generosity, and we need to succeed with humility. And then on last week, Chris Freitag came in with a powerful message about taking ground, and he spoke to us that we have five ways to take ground. We've got to build the house. We've got to maintain accountability. We've got to take ownership and we have to embrace the season that we're in. And on today, I want to encourage you with a word from the Lord that you have been graced to do just that. You've been graced to build legacy. You've been graced to take ground and you have been graced to walk in the fullness of God's purpose, his plan and his will for your life. And so I want to say to you that I want you to know that there is not a desire that God has not placed in your heart. There's not a dream, nor is there a vision that he has given to you. There's not a word that he has not spoken over your life that he has not graced you to fulfill. So what is this grace that I'm talking about? It's the inexhaustible goodness of God. And when I say inexhaustible, I mean it is the goodness of God that will never run low and it will never run out. It is the goodness of God that is given to us, which he freely bestows on each one of us. And guess what? It's undeserved. It's unearned and it's unable to be repaid. And not only that, uh, there's nothing we can do to repay it. And there's nothing we need to do to repay it. It's the goodness of God that's given to each one of us on overload. Amen? Amen. And this grace is all that God has done and all that God will do because of what Jesus Christ did. It's the unmerited favor that he allows us to walk in to fulfill God's purpose and plan for our life. And so now what is the it? It is the very thing God has created you to do in partnership with him here on earth. And there's not a person in this room that God did not have a specific intention for when he thought about creating you. 
Yeah. Not only were you graced for God's perfect will, plan, and purpose for your life, but I want to declare to you today that God created you for it. We see in Ephesians 2 and 10, it says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, it says, a work of art. His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. And so what is this good work that scripture talks about? Well, the good works is a divinely ordained work where God has placed distinct abilities. He's placed different talents. He's placed gifts in us for us to be able to do this work. And the good works generally benefits others in such a way that God is glorified and not ourselves. And you know, oftentimes we hear from God or God has placed this burning desire in our hearts to do something or we may have received a word of the Lord, a prophecy that we're going to be this great, this, that, that, and the other. And we automatically want to jump from this place to that place today. But I want you to know that the word says in Ephesians 2 and 10 that there are paths which he set that we are to walk on, yeah. right? So the path is very important, right? We all want to do the good works, but God said there's a specific path that I have set for you to walk on. And so what happens on this path? This path is very important to us walking in the fullness of what God has called us to. Why? Because it's on this path where we go through discipleship. It's on this path where God begins to prune us and remove those things from our lives that have no benefit to us nor benefits the kingdom. It's on this path where he begins to refine us. Refine us. It's on this path that we begin to learn how to walk in obedience. It's on this path where we be begin to surrender and we get to a place of submission. It's on this path where discipline is formed, right? It's on this path where we come to a place of spiritual maturation and transformation. It is on this path that we become more like Christ. Yeah. So all of this on the path God has set before us to walk on, but we get a word sometimes and we want to bypass the path. We go home, we start making our local, creating our brands, starting our little ministries and things, and we have no relationship with God. We know of him, but we really haven't gotten to a place to really get to know him. It's all about our works without relationship. I want you to understand, and what God has created each of you to do, it requires partnership with the Father and the leading of the Holy Spirit is essential in this. Oftentimes we get so busy trying to make things happen, striving, that we haven't even established a disciplined prayer life to even hear from God about what it is that he wants us to do uh, to fulfill this call that he's called us to. It's oftentimes, you know, we get in this place sometimes where we're struggling. 
with obedience, we have a hard time. We're only obedient to what fits our schedule and what fits our life, right, at that moment. And we truly haven't gotten to a place where we're totally sold out to the Word of God, to even follow the path that God has set before us. I want to say also, you see, on this path, God has prepared in advance, in advance and the one he predestined us to walk on is bumpy sometimes. Yeah, it's not all good all the time on this path. On this path, we get some bumps, we get some bruises, we get some scars, we get some hurt feelings. Uh, sometimes our heart gets broken. All of that sometimes happens on the path. But guess what? The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 10, my plans aren't your plans, nor are uh, my ways, your ways, says the Lord. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my plans higher than your plans. Let me tell you, I learned that all too good just recently. You know, the Lord put this scripture on my heart last week and I was like reading and meditating about it. And um, he started to like, make me see this recent event that happened in my life. So at the beginning of May, um, I ended up uh, slipping at work and breaking my foot. Um, and in this, it was in me breaking my foot, uh, going to the ER and getting CT scans and x-rays and all of this, that they found a mass that I had. And so if God not, had not allowed the slip to happen, the break to happen, the mass would have never been exposed. Why? Because I didn't have any symptoms, didn't have any appointments scheduled to check myself out. So this would have gone unnoticed. But how many of you know that God's plans are higher than our plans? And oftentimes, even though things may not look like we want them to look, God's desire is always to prosper us, right? That's what the word of God says, that his plans are to prosper us and never to destroy us, to give us a future and to give us a hope. But not only is God's plan important, God's timing is everything. And I want to even share that even in this, when I say that God's timing is everything, during that process, I had three CT scans taken. And each time I went to have a CT scan, the mass was growing just that quickly. Can you imagine had all of this not happened? God took care of something in his plan and in his timing at the right time. This was exposed to catch this before anything bad would happen. I want to say that the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, there is a season a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. That's why, although God has created each one of us for purpose, God has a path set, a plan in place, and everything he has created you to do will be done in his timing. When we divert from the path and began to create our own plans, we oftentimes miss out on the blessings of God that is connected to God's timing. 
We then become frustrated because we don't see things happening the way we think they should. We begin to doubt the word of God. We begin to second guess what God has said to us when the issue at hand is that we have become a company of one. A company of one instead of in partnership with God. We've created our own path. We've devised our own plan. And if I don't know anything else, I want to declare today that I know that each one of us have been created to do good works and to walk the path that God has set in front of each one of us. I know that our steps are ordered by the Lord and that his plan is perfect and that his timing is everything. Is everyone's path the same? No. We all have a different path to take because we all have a different call to fulfill. And so I know that God's plan has always been and always will be to prosper us and never to destroy us. And because we were created for this, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6 says, just as in his love, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own. The Bible says before the foundation of the world so that we would be holy. That is consecrated, set apart for him, purpose driven and blameless in his sight. The Bible says in love he predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to himself as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with his kind intention and good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace and favor, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved, his son, Jesus Christ. Can you tell somebody next to you, you've been graced for it? Yes, yes, yes. Not only have you been graced for it, but God has given each one of us authority for it. Genesis 1, 26 through 27 says, Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but our spiritual personality and moral likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. I want you to take note in this scripture the words, let them. They're very critical in the scripture to understanding the authority each one of us have been given and the mandate for which we have been created. Let them means he has given us the authority as well as the responsibility to act on his behalf as we are ruling over his creation under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so I want to be clear about something. We have not been given authority and we have not been given the opportunity to rule, to go out and do what we feel, what we think, and what we believe in our own wisdom. 
God himself has extended this authority to rule under his direction and in accordance to his will and his purpose. Even though God has extended his authority, we only gain access through living under the comprehensive rule of God in our lives. Through our faith, through our trust in God, and our obedience to his word and to his voice. When we step outside of that, we're walking in our own authority with God's name stamped on it. This God-given authority that I'm talking about has been giving, uh, given to us to faithfully oversee, to protect. Yeah. And expand God's assets to be fruitful and to multiply the things that have been given to us to manage on God's behalf. We don't own it. God owns everything. But he has selected us, chosen us to work side by side to manage and make those things fruitful and to multiply them here on the earth. We see in Genesis 1 and 28 where the word of God said, And God blessed them, granting them a certain authority, and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate it. Put it under your power, the power that has been given to us by God. But right now, I really want to focus in on that certain authority. You know, although we all have authority, that's what the word of God said. He's given us authority in the earth, dominion. In some areas, we've been given a certain authority. That means in our marriage, on our job, in our family, in the house of God. And oftentimes we think because we can move in the gifts and we have certain skills and talents, we can force our authority in areas that we have not been given certain authority. And so I want to look at first in our home and I want to talk about the women because normally my conversations are with women. And so I hear sometimes where, uh, you know, talking to women about vision or whatever else. And I've heard Sometimes I've heard some women say, you know, I'm the visionary, I'm the one that hears from God, and I give direction, and my husband and family run with the vision that God has given to me. Uh, yes, you know, unfortunately, I'm the voice of God in my marriage, and I'm thinking to myself, red flag, wrong jurisdiction. And if you have had any conversation with me, you know that I'm very dramatic. I could be very dramatic in my expression. So sometimes when I hear these things, I'm looking like, what? <laughs> what are you saying? And they'll say, but Amanda, you know, my husband is not where he really needs to be. He's, he doesn't really know God that well, you know. I'm the one that spirit spends more time praying. And in my prayer closet, my husband doesn't really fast or, or pray that much. And, you know, when I was, you know, God was speaking to me about this sermon. And I'm having a conversation, a dialogue with God about this as I'm writing this. 
And God said, in this, remind them that it was after the fall that I gave Adam authority. Yeah, it was after Eve had eaten the apple and Adam didn't say anything about it. It was then that God spoke to Eve, not Adam, and told Eve, he will have rule over you. So he gave that man a place of authority with no, con no conditions. No conditions. And I'm not saying that we don't hear from God as women, especially in marriage and when we're a couple. You know, there were some times where, you know, Dwayne and I talked about some things and he went with the decision I made and it excelled. And sometimes he went with the decisions that I made and we went right into the ditch together. Got up out of the ditch, dust ourselves off, and kept it moving. But, you know, while we were, while I was, uh, this past week, uh, Dwayne and I were talking when God kind of reminded me of this scripture, and he had no idea what uh, the sermon was about. And we're just talking this past week. And then he decides to start talking about marriage and couples and leadership and all of that. And he looks at me and he says to me, you know what, Amanda? you've always allowed me to lead. And I kind of chuckled to myself because I was thinking, ooh, it was only by the grace of God. Because <laughs> let me tell you, early on in our marriage, Dwayne was not thinking about the Lord. I was further along in Christ than Dwayne was. But one of the things that I understood, that that didn't matter to God, God had given him a certain authority in our home and over our family, and I honored that no matter where he was with God. And I really believe because I honored the authority that God had given him as king of our home and priest of our family, God blessed us in that. There were doors that God opened for me as a blessing because I honored the authority on my husband's life no matter where he was with God. And just like me, there were some decisions that he made that brand us right into the ditch. But let me tell you, we were in that ditch together. We got out, dusted ourselves off, and kept it moving. Hallelujah. Yeah, because life is not perfect, right? Yeah, there's ups and there's downs, but it doesn't change the authority that God has given so there was nothing that would negate, that I would allow nothing to negate the authority that God had placed upon our, on his life. I see it on the job. We get on jobs and we think we know more than the boss. And sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. But that does not mean that we go into the workplace and usurp the authority of the person that God has given a certain authority to. I've seen it in the house. I've been in church all my life since a little girl. And I've seen where people will come in and start their own little secret ministries in church, gather their own little people, begin to tear down the leadership of the house, walking in an authority that God had not given to them. And I've seen where churches have literally closed down. I've seen where people have that have come under that authority 
that had uh, under people's authority that had, God had not given to them and become casualties, leave church, scarred, walk away from God, leave the house of God because they came into partnership with someone that God had not given authority to. You have to understand that misuse of authority can be so destructive. God has given us authority for what he has called each one of us to do. And when he gives it to you, guess what you don't have to do? You don't have to tear anyone down to get it. And you don't have to build your secret society to be able to walk in it. God did not give us authority to go out and do our own thing. God gave us authority to manage the resources God has assigned to us, our time, our talents, our treasures, in such a way that gives God glory and expands his kingdom rule in the world, not to divide it and tear it down. We can only do what God has called us to do effectively when we realize that everything he has given to us is a gift from God. And when we're walking in his divine order and authority, the authority of God, uh, as he has been given, as we have given him place as Lord in our lives, the blessings of God will flow in our lives. Amen? Amen. And so not only has God graced you for it, not only has he created you for it, not only has he given you authority for it, but he needs you to fulfill it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. John 15 and 16 says, so you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed and placed and purposefully planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing fruit and that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name as my representative, he may give you. I want to say you have been chosen for service. And although we are servants of God, we are working in partnership with him as sons and daughters to produce fruit that will last, to uh, produce fruit that will be useful to the kingdom of God. It's a family business. It's not something that we go and do on our own. Our father in heaven is CEO of this thing. Yeah. And so not only are we in partnership with him, with, with God the Father, but we are to be led by the Holy Spirit. We've got to lock into the Holy Spirit so that we can be uh, led and guided on the path that God has set before us. We have been appointed to a great mission here on this earth that involves winning people to Christ. And not only that, growing them in their faith and establishing God's kingdom here on earth that is a reflection of God's character and of God's nature. And so what is this? God is loving. He's the source of all love and his love is unconditional. It flows out of his reservoir of goodness. So just as he is loving, he calls us to be loving as we do what he has created us to do. 
Our God is merciful. He is a forgiver of sins and full of compassion. And he does not hold our wrongs over our head. So just as he has forgiven, he calls us to be forgiving, not to hang on to offense and not to hang on to the wrongs that people may have done to us, but to be forgiving. He's faithful. His faithfulness comes out of all that he is. It's at the heart of all that he does. And in fact, he says that he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. He's faithful. He's righteous. His standards are set and they never change. He's just. He's the perfect judge that cannot be bribed nor corrupted. He's holy. His moral excellence is the absolute standard of integrity and ethical purity. He's the absolute truth. And he's, it's impossible for him to be otherwise. I want to say to you that God needs you. And we've got to get to a place where we're not sitting in front of the TV, pointing at the TV screen and complaining about what we're seeing on the television. But we have to understand that you have been graced, you have been created, you have been given authority, and God needs you to fulfill the call and the purpose that he has placed on your life. He's given you authority to go in and shift atmospheres. You've got to understand that he's given you the influence to go in the marketplace and win the world to Christ. He's given you the authority to go in and demolish the agendas of the, in, of the enemy. Sitting in your prayer closet is not enough. Reading the word from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night is not enough. God does not call us just to be hearers of the word, but he's looking for those who will, be, who will stand up and be doers of his word. He's looking for those who will rise up and come in partnership with him, walk on the path that he has set before you, walk in the authority that he has given to you, and fulfill the purpose which he has placed inside of you. How will we fulfill the purpose if we don't exert our authority? How will we walk in the path that is set before us if we don't obey? How will we follow his plan if we will not surrender? If you study scripture, you will see that God has always used someone to execute his plan and to fulfill his purpose here on earth. You will see that when God wants to shift something, he finds somebody. When he wants to change something, conquer something, subdue something, he pulls somebody. When he wants to dominate something, God uses someone. You'll see through scripture to rescue humanity in the flood, God needed Noah. To deliver Israel from bondage, God needed Deborah. To defeat Jericho, God needed Joshua. To preserve the Hebrew people, God needed Esther. To lead the nation of Israel, God needed Moses. For the creation of a nation, God needed Abraham. And for the salvation of mankind, God needed to become a man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to say to you, you are grace for it. What is the Lord calling you to do? Where has God placed you?
Where has God purposefully planted you? Go and bear fruit and keep bearing. Stand in the authority God has given you and subdue. Dominate, grab hold to the mandate that God has given to you. Fulfill your assignment. Steward the resources he has given you because it's a gift from above. Tap into the power that lives within you. Walk in the authority that God has given you and position yourself to become a heavenly influence here on the earth. A heavenly influence in the world's affairs. You got to understand, heaven is depending on you. And the earth needs you. Without, he without heaven, <laughs> without you, heaven will not. And without heaven, you cannot. It's a partnership. Know that whatever God has ordained you to do, you are graced for it. And in all of this, guess what? God is glorified for all the great things that he has done. Why? Because all of the things that he has set out to do, we can only do it with him. Yeah. If we want to be fruitful and we want the things that God has set in place for us to do to multiply, we got to do it with him. Yeah. It's all about God and him being glorified here on the earth. We've got to understand that God is looking for a remnant. Those who will walk in the path set before them, those who are willing to put aside their plans and pick up and feel, fulfill God's purpose, those who are willing to die to their flesh, and say, God, not my will, but your will be done in my life. God is looking for that remnant that who will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And not just with our mouths, but with our lives. Are you that remnant? Are you the one who have made the decision that, God, I'm going to do this thing and we're going to walk hand in hand until you fulfill it in my life? I'm not going to do it by myself because I don't want this to be about me, God. But in everything, I want your name to be glorified. It's about the world knowing who Jesus Christ is. Woo. I want you to take a moment to stand up. And I want you to Take this time to really reconcile yourself, reconcile yourself back to God, this path that he has set for you. If you know that throughout this message, something really pressed upon your heart, maybe you have made the decision and you've gone ahead and you've taken matters in your own hands. And God is calling you at this moment to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. 
Maybe in this life you've created your own path and you keep falling to the wayside. Not realizing that I've created a path for myself and I need to get back on the path that God has set before me. I want you to take this moment and tell God, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I thought I could do this thing by myself, but I realize I need you. I know that your plan is to prosper me and not to destroy me. And today I'm going to make the decision that I'm going to trust you in everything. Hallelujah. 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 I even feel right now that the Lord is really pressing on some hearts to really to come and lay some things down on the altar. Maybe you've been in that place where you know that God is calling you to do some things and you've been walking in fear and saying, God, no, I don't want to do this. But you know that this is the area that God has called you to. But you've been afraid to walk in it. God said today, lay your fear at the altar. I've graced you for it. I've given you authority for it. Hallelujah. I need you to fulfill it. There are people that need to experience my glory, my love through your life. Yes, God, it's about giving you the glory. It's about God getting the glory for it. So God, I say that you are worthy. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive the glory, the honor, and the power. For you created all things, and because of your will, they exist and were created and brought into being. God, it's not about me, but it's about you. No longer will I delay, no longer will I procrastinate, but God, I'm going to get in your divine order and we're going to do this thing. Hallelujah. Take the time to glorify him right now. 